Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our partners, Vital Signs Wall of Fame. We coach the global community of women in high school sports and the Florida Coaches Coalition. You've heard me say many times, these are four great organizations. You should really have them as part of your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes as we give our sponsors their shout outs. These are all companies that I used as a coach or as an athletic director. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to thank Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, coach clearance, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just great. And the Home Campus staff was great to work with, too. To find out how you can get started with Home Campus and all the things they can do for you, all you need to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to say thank you to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and start creating world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. You can do it in seconds, and it's so easy, even I can do it. Your athletes are on social media, and you need to be promoting them and your program, and Gipper allows you to do that. Go to gipper.com, mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and the coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids up to their highest level. Uh, at Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. Go to huddle.com to get signed up. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame or just tell more compelling stories, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. Uh, their products are so easy to use and really will make an impact in your school, your lobby, your gymnasium, wherever you decide to put it. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com for more information. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com, check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop right here. SnapRaise is hands down the best you can find. But there's so much more. You've got Snap Manage, Snap Connect, Snap Store, and a whole lot more that you can find at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Go to sidelineinteractive.com to get that free web demo set up. sidelineinteractive.com we also want to say thank you to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. 
to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They're also going to show you how to collect the revenue. And here's the best part. Every account is going to be assigned a dedicated client success manager to provide you with hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com for more information. Simple and easy online ticketing. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys not only connects you with the 2%, but they also connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. That's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with that frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going to Texas today, and we're going to be speaking with a really cool uh, coach. Her name is Missy Mitchell-McBeth. Got an incredible background. First of all, she is a certified strength and conditioning specialist uh, in all of coaching. Uh, that's probably one of the most challenging and demanding certifications to obtain. She's a CSCS. She's a longtime strength coach, spent time at the Division One level. Uh, spent time uh, as a high school strength coach, and now she is the founder of Safe Iron Training. Uh, we'll talk about her website, safeirontraining.com. She works with teams. She works with athletes. She works with coaches. Uh, she does it all, and we've got her on the podcast. Missy Mitchell-McBeth, welcome to the Educational Lady Podcast. Thank you for having me on today. Well, uh, as you and I were talking, you came uh, recommended by one of our regulars, Melanie Red, uh, another strength coach. And uh, I'm excited to get going, so let's go and jump right in. Uh, we always let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, you know, where you were born, where you grew up. Maybe take us up through your own high school and college days, and then we'll take a break there and then come back and hear about your early career. But What's the Missy Mitchell Macbeth origin story? Sure. So I am from Wichita Falls, Texas, not to be confused with Wichita, Kansas. I was born and raised and lived my entire life in the state of Texas. Um, growing up, played a number of sports, but primarily volleyball, um, which I played collegiately at the University of Texas of the Permian Basin, um, which is where I went to school, got my, uh, got my degree in biology because I initially started off as a um, high school sport coach, coaching volleyball, obviously, and teaching biology, um, and then met my husband while I was there. So he is a West Texas guy himself and also a coach. So we're a coaching family. Um, going back to your own high school days, um, and, and again, you're obviously much younger than I am. Um what was the strength and conditioning environment? Uh, you know, was there a, and it's Texas, so I know it's different than a lot of parts of the country. Um, did you have a strength coach? Was it just each sport did their own thing? You know, what's your memories of uh, strength and conditioning as a high school athlete? Um, so there was really nothing for us on the girls athletic side of things. And we had um, 
our, our setter and I basically would go up in the summer and just kind of mess around in the weight room because we thought, Hey, there's some value to this. Like we see the guys doing it. Why can't we? And one day we were just kind of like walked in the football coach's office and said, will you help us? And a coach named Tony Cooper, who actually is the head wrestling coach at one of the schools in Prosper, Texas, took time out of his day and came in and started coaching us a little bit. Um, and I just fell in love with the weight room and the benefits. I think my vertical went up a couple inches, you know, over the course of six to eight weeks after I started adding hang cleans to my regimen. Uh, and it was really just something where there was not a lot of education for the coaches on the girls side at that point. Um, and so we were fortunate enough to have a coach that took an interest in us and took the time in us so that ultimately changed my life because that experience shaped me into believing that, you know, if I saw such benefit to my own athletic career, why could we not extrapolate these concepts to other female athletes? Um, and so that kind of became my passion. And when I started coaching, I wanted to make sure that my girls were in the weight room and they did have access to strength and conditioning. So again, I didn't have anybody to help me. And I went to a football coach's office. Uh, Reb Brock was a coach at my very first job that took me under his wing and turned me into a strength coach and set me on the career path that I have today. Um, so I guess I was either smart enough to ask for help or lucky enough to find it. Um, but it wasn't something that was necessarily available to me. Um, I had, had to kind of go under every rock and look for it to find it. I love to hear those origin stories. Uh, very cool stuff. Uh, I mean, and, and again, to put it in context, you know, I was in college in the late seventies, you know, in a small college, NAI school in the Northwest. Um, there maybe were, and we had no strength program. Uh, and maybe that was a reflection of our football team. Uh, but we had like maybe five guys. Like I was one of them as a wide receiver that were in the weight room and we were, we were benching, we were squatting. Of course, we were doing curls in front of the mirror. Uh, and then uh, a track coach came in one day and said, have you guys ever thought about doing, uh, you know, cleans and things like that? And I went, what was that? And, and those moments, you know, where that coach comes in, either you seek them out or they find you accidentally can really, really make a difference. Um, Fast forward to uh, your college career. Um, was was there any any difference in their approach at the college level to strength and conditioning? And again, we're going to talk about you know safe iron uh, down the road in the podcast. But what was it like as a college athlete? Um, well, once again, I had no access. I was at an NAI school, and the weight room was actually the rec center for the general population students, and it was set up like a fitness facility. And I had no idea other than what I'd been exposed to in the limited couple of years at high school level, how to write a program for myself. So I was going to like muscle and fitness magazine and literally snipping out the pages. Cause this is in the early two thousands, the internet was, you know, you couldn't take the internet with you on a phone. So I'm snipping out pages and taking those and basically doing bodybuilding workouts. Um, and actually our volleyball coach did not believe in in season lifting because he felt that it would make you slow and sore and so I would have to hide in the weight room and train. Um, one of the many reasons that he probably didn't care for me too much, but had to hide in the weight room so that I was able to train. So once again, um, not exactly the storybook come up story, you know, of a, of a strength coach, but here we are nonetheless. Yeah, no, but, but again, all those moments uh, have helped shape and lead you uh, to where you're at now and where you're going. So appreciate you sharing 
For listeners, uh, our guest today is Missy Mitchell-McBeth. She's a certified strength and conditioning specialist, a longtime strength coach in the state of Texas, both high school and college, uh, now works uh, in her own business as a consultant, still working as a coach. We're going to take our first break, but we're coming back with some more, so please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, coaching clearance, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just great. And the Home Campus team was great to work with, too. To find out more about all the things Home Campus can do for you and your program, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Missy, you mentioned uh, earlier that, you know, you um, uh, spent some time out of college. You know, you were teaching biology, you know, you were coaching volleyball. Uh, expand on that journey a little bit. You know, how did those jobs, uh, you know, how did you come to those jobs? How'd you become a college strength coach? And, you know, how did all of that lead to your present position? Sure. I took probably a little bit of a less typical path into strength and conditioning as in I started as, like you said, a high school biology teacher and volleyball coach. Um, my first position was at Copper's Cove High School down near the Austin area of Texas which actually wasn't where I applied and got hired. I applied at Springtown High School, which was a historic volleyball program, kind of in the, you know, the midsize high school level in Texas. They had had four state appearances, all that kind of stuff. And I knew of the coach and everyone spoke very highly of her. So of course, coming out of school, that's where I wanted to work. So I interviewed, she hired me on and then said, oh, by the way, we're actually not going to stay in Springtown. We're going to Copperas Cove. So I followed her was fortunate enough that my husband was also able to get a job down there. Um, and in total, I was at Copper's Cove for four years. As I mentioned, that's where I kind of got put in charge of the weight room because, hey, you like to lift, so you're going to lift our team, which is the situation that a lot of coaches find themselves in. Just because they show an interest in it, they maybe don't have the background, but they're kind of thrown to the wolves. So I got a mentor while I was there. I just walked in and said, hey, help me. I don't know what to do. I know how to lift for myself those magazine articles that I was clipping out, but I don't think that that's the best thing for my girls. So can you help me? And I was able to kind of negotiate that relationship um, for three and a half years. I was there four years in total. And then I decided that I was kind of good at it. Um, I was good at the weight room side of things. I loved it and I wanted to do it full time. So I applied actually because I was mad at my kids in class one day. They were complaining about, you know, whatever it is kids complain about in high school, everything like the sun is shining. We wanted it to be overcast, whatever. So I sat down while they were taking a test and I applied to grad school at Baylor and I got a phone call the next day from the head of the department that they were like, hey, your grades are really good. Come talk to us. And so I went in and they basically scholarshiped me for a master's degree, which isn't really heard of. I didn't do a GA or anything. So did that for, I think it took me a year and a half. During that time, I was personal training right off of Fort Hood, uh, which is a huge army base in Texas. And so I was training a lot of military and military wives, which is actually one of the most fun things. And uh, the greatest honors that I've ever had in my life was to work with pers uh, with military personnel. But after I graduated, or I'm sorry, as part of my graduation requirements, I had to do an internship, which 
Reb, my mentor, his sons played football at TCU. And so he was like, hey, their strength program is great. Go apply to intern there. So I was like, cool, let's do it. So went in, um, met, you know, the staff there, got hired on as an intern, interned there for a semester, got hired on as a paid intern in the second semester, and then was hired on that following fall full-time. In total, I was at TCU for seven years. My primary sport responsibilities were women's indoor volleyball, women's basketball, and women's golf. Um, at about the seven-year mark, I decided that I wanted to take a little bit of a step towards better work-life balance and decided to take a position back at the high school level at a school called Byron Nelson High School in the Trophy Club area of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex um, and was the, the head strength coach for six years. So I worked with every sport, primarily with the Olympic side of sports. Um, and then I transitioned from there into my current role with an equipment company called Powerlift. So I work sales and then I also um, do a couple of different coaching side businesses, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a bit. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, let's go back to that TCU experience. Just another great example of how uh, spending some time, you know, interning or volunteering uh, can lead to something really big, really rewarding. What was it like becoming, uh, you know, the head strength coach there at a D1 level, you know, elite athletes, um, some might uh, say high maintenance uh, athletes, although I spent my time in high school and college too. Um, how um, was it? And again, I'm guessing you were still fairly close in age to some of those athletes. How was it working with them and developing programs for those division one teams? Um, to clarify, I was not the head strength coach. I was a senior assistant strength coach, I think was my actual title. Um, but I did cover those three sports and was in charge of the design and implementation. Um, I was fairly close in age. I think I started at TCU at 26 or 27 and your athletes obviously range from about 18 to 23 I've always really felt like that relationship or even I get asked a lot of questions about what's it like as a woman coaching men or coaching boys. And my answer is really just how you approach athletes. They're really smart um, and they understand like who is in it for their best interests and who knows, you know, who knows their stuff and who's helping them make progress. And so when you approach it from that perspective, it wasn't really a challenge that I was young. Um, and I just kind of drew a line between, you know, when you see me outside of here, like we're, we're not friends, like I'm going to say hi and like, we're going to have a good relationship, but this is also a, a business transaction. Like this is a working, a working relationship. So despite the fact that like you look at me and we're close in age, we're still like, this is still a role of authority. And like, you're still a person that needs to show up and, and work with me. Now, that being said, I had a great relationship with those athletes. Um, and I often, you know, people ask me what the difference between the high school and the collegiate level is. And that's it. When I'm working with an adult with a relatively fully formed frontal lobe, I can have a different connection with that athlete. I can have a different conversation. I can have a different relationship with those older athletes because they're starting to understand like life is not being under mommy and daddy's roof 
having my room cleaned up for me and dinner placed on the table, they're having to be a little bit more self-sufficient. So um, overall, my experience working with athletes at that level was fantastic. I loved it. I loved that maturity level. Um, Obviously, I have a passion for working with younger kids as well. But if I had to pick from a relationship side of things, definitely would go collegiate level any day. Absolutely. And you brought up a great point. Um, Kids, whether they're high school kids or college kids or adult kids, uh, they know if you know what you're doing. Uh, You know, you can come in and be that, you know, best friend personality. But if you don't know what the heck you're doing, the kids aren't going to respect. They're not going to follow you uh, regardless of their age. You know, great point. Um, We're going to take our second break. And when we come back, you know, we're going to take a, a little bit of a deeper dive into what you're doing now with Safe Iron Training. So for our listeners, our guest today is Missy Mitchell Macbeth. Uh, We're going to take that break, but we're coming back with more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to gipper.com and start creating professional-grade social media content for your school. Help celebrate your athletes, promote your programs and your teams, and it's so easy, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com, the platform that's used by over 3,000 high school and colleges to help promote their athletic programs. Go to Gipper.com and mention the podcast. You'll get a nice little discount. Start creating world-class content for your school's social media channel. Go to Gipper.com. We also want to say thank you to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids at their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. Go to huddle.com to get signed up today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Missy, you talked about, you know, how your uh, career took you on uh, uh, a different path. You know, you were a college strength coach, a high school strength coach, but you wanted to do some other things. So talk a little bit about that journey and how that all developed. Can we start this question over again? Sorry. So Safe Iron, really, first of all, let me talk about what it is. Safe Iron is a consulting company that teaches sport coaches simplified strength and conditioning uh, systems that they can adapt to any setting. And really that came from a discussion that happened in my office when I was at Byron Nelson that kind of brought me back to my background in strength and conditioning. I had a coach, a volleyball coach from the area who actually won a state championship this past year, come in and say, listen, we've got a football guy running our strength and conditioning stuff for our off season. I don't know that I'm comfortable with all of it. Can you look at this program and can you kind of give me some advice for, do you think this is good? Do you think it's too much, too little? And, you know, we sit there, we have a discussion. I say, these are the things that I would tweak. This is how I would neg- I would negotiate that conversation with him of don't go in and attack it. Like, 
say, hey, from a volleyball perspective, these are the things that we need. Can we compromise here? And she said, well, can you, can we just pay you to write a program? And I was like, sure, you can pay me to write a program. And then I was kind of like, well, if they need help and they're already lifting and they already kind of have somebody in charge of it, how many other programs are there that aren't lifting simply because they just don't know what to do? And reflecting back on my high school experience of we didn't lift or we didn't lift consistently because there was no one there to teach us. So I thought to myself, why is no one providing really simplified information for high school sport coaches? Because the strength and conditioning industry does a really good job of gatekeeping information and trying to basically make it legitimate that we have jobs by saying that things are really, really complicated. But my deal is if I can teach a volleyball setter to stop a pass that's coming 30 feet in the air with my fingertips and redirect it and put it in a one inch by one inch space for my hitter to attack, why can I not teach a squat, which is a fundamental part of our lives? So just, you know, that interest in making strength and conditioning more reachable for more athletes by training more coaches is kind of what it was born out of. And it started with custom training programming, but that's just not necessarily a scalable thing for me. And I have this along with another business, along with speaking engagements and all kinds of other things that I do. So really what I've started doing is putting together more things like coaching in services or program audits, things that I can give on a broader scale with a, a time cost that works for my current stage of life, basically. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. Um, let's talk to that um, listener, that high school AD who oftentimes is also coaching um, or maybe a coach who doesn't have that strength and conditioning background for whatever reason. What are some things that you can provide? Uh, and again, let's just do kind of broad brush strokes at this point. We'll do that deep dive later on. What are some things that you can provide that coach, that AD, that's going to help get them going? So they, they, they're they not hurting the kids. Uh, they're actually you know helping them. So from a starting point, um, people have to get over their ego. And this is more, this is less of a helpful thing and more of just a soapbox rant. Um, just because you lifted in high school, that does not give you expertise. I have spent 19 years of my life developing exclusively as a strength and conditioning coach. And there are still days when I walk into a weight room and I'm like, I know absolutely nothing. So there are a lot of really dangerous people out there that think that because they played high school football or they lifted weights when they were in high school or they CrossFit now that they are qualified to design training programs. So my first suggestion is to humble yourself to realize that you're a football coach, you're a volleyball coach, you're also driving a bus, manning a, managing a budget. Um, if you're an athletic director, you're managing an entire staff of people, you are doing conflict mediation with unhappy parents, which the root of that is always playing time, always playing time, never anything else, right? Um, despite what the issue brought is, it is always playing time. But you are wearing so many hats. You do not have the time, like we just talked about time costs, you don't have the time to develop yourself as a full-time strength and conditioning professional. 
Now, do I believe that you can learn very simple things to keep athletes safe? Yes. The first piece to that, I think, is understanding safe return from breaks. And this is a topic that I talk about all the time. When we're we're about to return, I don't know when this will publish, but we're about to return to school. And despite your best wishes and hopes and dreams, some of your athletes did absolutely nothing on over the summer except for lay on the couch and eat Cheetos, right? That athlete that did not participate in summer workouts, they know that they weren't there. And you know that they weren't there. So your choices are to either safely progress them back in, which looks like whatever your normal work volume is or your work volume for your other kids that have been there all summer, you're going to cut that in half for the first week. And that's all they're going to do because that's all their bodies are physically prepared to do. If even that, then in week two, you can probably ramp up to about 70% of what the other kids are doing of what you would normally do in week three, it can be 90 in week four, it can be hundred percent. And so when coaches get this mindset of like, I'm going to get them, I'm going to get them from coming back from this break. It was time that was lost. Like you can't make up for lost time. That's why it's called lost time. What you're doing is you're setting up that athlete to one, they're miserable because they're terrified to come see you. And that shouldn't be a thing. Like an athlete should want to come back after a break and see a coach. Um, they should be excited about that. It shouldn't be a punishment the first day that they walk in the door. If you're an athletic director, that is your responsibility ultimately to keep everybody in your program safe. So that could be a rule that you make that athletes that weren't compliant with summer training have half the workload. It might be half the length of practice time. And people don't like that because they're like, oh, we got to get ready. We got to get ready for the first game. Well, the time to do that was like back in June. We're in August now. This is the time to keep athletes safe. Um, and the worst thing that you can do is set them up for an injury long-term because you push them too hard in the short term. Um, so that's number one is just number one, I think was humility. Number two is safe return to play. Number three is seeking out some type of education for you and your coaching staff on what those safe practices are. Um, obviously I have my business where that's, I mean, the name says safe iron, right? Like I'm literally about safe um, practices in the weight room, but there's also the national high school strength coaches association that just produced a, cert a certification. That's like $129 that is specifically targeting a sport coach that is in charge of strength and conditioning. So that is something that is a, could be a resource staff wide and not really cost you that much money as an athletic director or as a program. And the cost of not doing in all honesty, to not educate coaches on safe strength and conditioning practices has cost athletes their lives. There's an average of like 12 deaths per year, largely due to poorly applied conditioning practices in sport. Now, a couple of things. Appreciate you giving the shout out to, um, you know, the National Federation, great resource and very reasonable. And you know, your emphasis uh, and the emphasis on safety. Um, you know, I was very fortunate as an athletic director. We had some great certified uh, strength and conditioning uh, coaches in our program, both men and women. And uh, their, uh, I was going to say maybe their first two, three weeks, it was, uh, they always were talking about safety issues. You know, we talked to our parents about it and we were very fortunate to not have those injuries but you're absolutely right. You read about, you know, this school or that school where a kid gets hurt uh, in the weight room and you hear, what were they doing? Okay. I mean, just really appreciate you hammering that home. Um, we'll do this again. 
at the end of the podcast. But uh, Missy, if one of our listeners wants to reach out to you and find out more, and listeners, I, I think you got a tremendous resource here. Go ahead and give them the website. And if they want to contact you directly, how do they do that? So the easiest way is just to get on my website, safeirontraining.com. And there is a section where you can fill out a contact form that goes directly to my inbox. If you would prefer to skip that step, safeirontraining at gmail.com is my email where I do all things safe iron, but both of those systems are going to take it exactly to the same place. So whichever you prefer website contact form or email me directly. All right. Well, let, let's be professional listeners, safeirontraining.com. Go to the website, fill out the form. And again, we'll give that information out again uh, at the end of the podcast. We're not done, but we're going to take another break. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. If you're looking for a great way to display your school records, maybe your weight room records, uh, or even your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. They're on a mission to help bring your school's legacy to life. They're going to help you showcase your school's diverse history, your proudest moments, and your top role models. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast to them. You'll also get a nice little discount. VitalSignsWallOfFame.com. We want to say thank you to Snap Mobile. Go to SnapRaise.com and check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraising program, stop right there. SnapRaise.com is hands down the best you can find. They even have a program where they will give you your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Nobody else does that. But there's also Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage, and a whole lot more. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, once again, our guest is Missy Mitchell McBeth, a certified strength and conditioning specialist from the great state of Texas. Missy, uh, again, we talked about the website, which is safeirontraining.com. Uh, I know you work with a number of high school uh, programs, specific teams. Can you share a little bit about, you know, let's go and brag, some of your success stories uh, you know, with our listeners? Sure. Um, I guess my greatest success story is the fact that in the last four years, three of the volley, actually 100% of the volleyball programs that I've worked with have won state championships at the four, five, and six A levels, which are the three largest classifications in Texas. And I do want to say that in no way um, do I believe that I am solely responsible for that success. I wrote an article about training volleyball athletes and my opening line is, we won because we had the best players, but we kept those best players on the court. Um, so the first program was in 2019, Byron Nelson High School, which was the school that I was working uh, for at the time. So that was actual in-person, me managing their training process and their training load. Um, and that was my fourth year there. So that was my class of freshmen that I developed all the way up to seniors, um, which there were certainly signs when they were freshmen that they were going to be something really, really special by their senior year. Um, but I think the thing that made me the proudest there is that they were able to stay healthy and stay on the court. Um, and they were also just great kids. 
And then in 2022, a program that I worked with remotely for two years won the 4A state title and a program that I'd been working remotely with um, Colleyville Heritage High School won a 5A state championship and I'd been working with them for three years. So I think the main thing with each of those three programs is just the consistency with which they executed the programming that I gave them. Um, and that's really a testament to the coaching staff more than it is to me. I can give people the resources, but ultimately, you know, just like being an athletic director, you can give people the resources, but ultimately those coaches have to use them in their programming. Same thing with my strength and conditioning programming. And uh, you bring up great points. Uh, yeah, it always helps to have talent and there's not a single state champion in any sport that doesn't have great players. But the point you brought up about keeping them healthy, which strength training does and with flexibility and power and everything else. Um, but also it takes that talent and allows it to become better, you know, and whether it's bigger, faster, stronger, whatever, you know, adjectives you want to use, those good athletes become better. Uh, they become great athletes because as you, as you know, climbing that ladder, you're going to run into other teams with great talent. Okay. Uh, what are you doing as a coach to help make your kids better? And it's a testament to you that these state champion potential uh, coaches brought you in to work with their teams. Um, I also know that you do work with coaching staffs, with school districts, et cetera, to you know, help the coaches do a better job coaching. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that works? Sure. So I have developed about a it can be as short as six hours. If people just want to do kind of the lecture portion, it can be as long as it could be a two-day deal, but it's an in-service course where I go through all aspects of strength and conditioning. I got on my soapbox on my safe return to play and exactly what that looks like. I go into speed, change of direction, weight room stuff, um, injury reduction and conditioning, and then have a hands-on portion with each one of those things. With that, coaches leave with the resources of how to write a program. So with each you know, aspect, whether it's speed or plyometrics, I'm giving them parameters of if I'm game day plus one or game day minus two or whatever it is, what would be an appropriate volume in that setting? And then I give them templates of this is exactly where I would fit things in in my calendar. If I had a game on Tuesday, if I had a game on Friday, Here's what my off season would look like. So versus me feeding them fish, um, I teach them how to fish because ultimately I can't be their hands-on in every single facility and make some of these modifications. So I teach them how to, here's my ideal scenario as a strength coach and my ideal order of operations, but in the context of your setting, what's going to work and how do you make those manipulations safely for the betterment of your athletes? Yeah, I, I love the analogy there, and I'm going to guess that you've had a number of coaches or pro or districts, let's say, that have gone through the program that have come back uh, for even more information down the road. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, can you uh, acknowledge or or point to a coach or a, or a program that went through your training and there was that wow impact, uh, you know, big jump in performance with their student athletes or their teams, uh, any come to mind right now? Yeah. I mean, I think just, even though I didn't necessarily do the in-service with Colleyville Heritage High School specifically, there was a big education piece with that coaching staff 
um, partially because, you know, Josh McKinney, their head coach, which he wins literally like every team he touches wins. He just won a national championship with his 14U club volleyball team. Um, but his assistant actually is a friend of mine that I've played volleyball with for a number of years. And she was on staff at TCU when I worked with volleyball, but they were just so, you know, any content that I gave them, they were just so eager to learn and implement. And then, you know, they'd send me videos and I was giving them feedback as they went on of this is how I would make this adjustment and that adjustment, whatever. Um, so yeah, it just, it really is about, it, it's easy for coaches to, we've all sat in service, right. And we just sit there and we, we do our hours and we have like our laptop open secretly. Cause we got to be watching film and like all the things that we actually do during in-service because we need to get work done. There's a big difference between that and taking content to heart and then turning that around and applying it to teams. And that's really what I try to do a good job of is not be tone deaf when I'm giving this, um, this instruction and kind of, you know, am I overwhelming people? Like, am I boring people? Like what, you know, what am I seeing when I'm giving people this education? Do I need to get them up and get them moving and do something hands-on in that moment? Um, just to make sure that it's not something that you as an athletic director are paying for. And then your staff just says, well, we're going to still keep not lifting. Cause I didn't understand that. Or I'm going to keep doing what we were doing before because we don't see the value in it kind of thing. So I try to, you know, where it's, somewhat of a fixed curriculum, I guess. I try to really modify it based on the knowledge level, of the coaching staff. I do an intake survey um, to see where people are at. And I see, you know, I'll ask them on a scale of one to five, how comfortable are you programming for speed, for the weight room, for conditioning, for injury reduction. And based on those numbers, I'm going to spend more or less time mm -hmm. on a given aspect. Um, I think I kind of went all over the place with that answer, but that's just me. So <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, because it, it's not, you know, I, I'm sure a coach calls you up and, and says, uh, you know, we want to, uh, I just took over a program and, you know, we want to win a state championship this year. How do we do it? I mean, there, there's not just, that, you know, that magic formula, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and absolutely, you you did a good job of explaining the various parameters that are involved. Great stuff. Uh, and it, bottom line, it comes down to people. It's going to come down to that coach, as you said, that's going to take the information that you've provided. And now are they going to be able to deliver that to their student athletes? Very cool stuff. We're going to take one more break. I know that's shocking to our regular listeners, but uh, we're coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their indoor score tables and their scoreboards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Of course, we used it for home games, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. Their products are tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule that live web demo, and see all the things that their products can do for you. Sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thank you to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. Their team is going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for your athletic events, but things like school plays, concerts, 
school dances, even graduation. And the best part, every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Hometown ticketing is digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, more customization. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started today. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Missy, you and I were talking during the break, and you came up, uh, you mentioned a great, uh, great topic. Can you share a little bit about that with our listeners? Sure. So I want to share something about the health of your coaching staff. And when I say health, I mean the actual physical health. So in addition to my own company, Safe Iron, I run a part a company with a partner called The Conditioning Project. And basically that is a online community-based training system that improves the health of coaches by taking a more balanced approach to life and training. So what we have as a coaching industry is we have a tremendously stressful, tremendously demanding industry where we give a lot to other people. And that's just the expectation and the norm is that we're going to put our athletes first and ourselves and often our families second. And what that led to for me beyond burnout, um, it led to the fact that at about two o'clock in the afternoon, knowing that I had three or four groups coming in after school that I needed to train, I was already exhausted and I was having to do caffeine, energy drinks, cups of coffee, all that kind of stuff that in turn made my sleep horrible. So then when I had early morning groups the next day, I was groggy, fuzzy, all the things. And you just had this like chronic fatigue, basically coaching. And I think that a lot of listeners can probably sit and say, yeah, like I drink caffeine before and during football practice or just to make it through parent meetings or whatever it is. So I was talking to my, uh, Tim Kettenring is my business partner. And basically he was like, Hey, you need to add number one, we need to like chill on the caffeine, but you need to add some low intensity conditioning to the mix. And I was like, well, I don't know, like really, I, I already lift and I play a sport and I do all the things correctly, but I'm still tired. And he's like, well, why don't you just try it? He's like, because basically this will get a little sciencey. I said, I was a biology teacher. Here we go. Um, you have two branches of your central nervous system. You have your sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight mode, which we're in all the time as coaches, because we're either getting excited for practice. We're dealing with stress from kids, stress from parents, or we're drinking caffeine. Then when we do exercise, we exercise really high intensity, right? Because we don't have a lot of time. So we're always activating that sympathetic nervous system. Well, there's health consequences to that. On the other side of it, we have the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest system. When those two systems, systems are out of whack, you don't sleep well, your health suffers, you have cardiovascular issues. So back to the story. He says, hey, you need to do some of this lower intensity conditioning. So we see some physiological adaptations to your central nervous system, as well as, you know, cardiovascular system. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll try it. So after about six weeks of being on this programming, I started to feel better and I had more consistent energy throughout the day. And I wasn't grabbing caffeine in the afternoon and my mood was better because I was sleeping better and I was coaching better because my mood was better. So all the things, so something as simple as taking care of one aspect of our health can make us a better coach. So instead of, you know, ignoring those things and just continuing on our path of, I have to do what's best for my athletes 
do what's best for your athletes by putting on your own oxygen mask first. So based on that experience, I said, Hey, we need to teach other coaches about this. And he was like, okay, well, how do we do that? So we put out a tweet and we got a group of nine coaches and we put them through a 12 week training program. And turns out at the end of 12 weeks, their resting heart rate was decreased. Their heart rate variability, which is a measure of recovery and overall central nervous system function that had improved. More importantly, they felt better. They were sleeping better. They were recovering better. And so we were like, Hey, this needs to be a thing. Let's start a business. So we very grassroots started a business again, called the conditioning project. You can find out about it at conditioningproject.com. But all that being said, as an industry, we really need to take a look at the fact that we are teaching health and fitness to kids at the root of it. Like, yes, we're teaching sports. Yes, we're teaching life skills. But one of those life skills is health and fitness. And we're very often not taking care of our own. Um, So I would love it if we saw a shift in our understanding as a coaching profession that we can be better for our athletes. We can show up better for our athletes every day if we will do better for ourselves from a health perspective. And that includes conditioning. That includes doing some type of resistance training. That includes drinking water, which is a bugaboo for me sometimes. That includes eating healthy. Um, And those are all things that we address in our cohort programming. Um, But I think that people can very simply just go outside and take a walk. I mean, we're very often like, oh, as a coach, yeah, like I get all this activity in practice, but you're in fight or flight mode during that because you're just on like trying to coach and watch all these things. Just go take 30 minutes in the evening and go spend time with your spouse or walk your dog or just on your own, just get out and walk and do something to improve your cardiovascular fitness and your overall health. Yeah. I'm so glad that you shared that. And, um, I want you to give out the, um, the website again, it was the conditioning report.com. Is that correct? Uh, conditioningproject.com slash cohort, because we call it our cohort. All right. Excellent. Thanks for correcting me on that. Um, was just talking to, um, someone in the industry the other day. Um, our next segment getting ahead of myself is our AD toolbox. And one of the more frequently mentioned tools uh, revolves around this idea of self-care and family time, but also taking care of yourself. I think coaches um, and ADs are some of the worst. uh, They're some of the best at giving advice. They're some of the worst at following their own advice, particularly in this area. So, so glad that you mentioned that. It sounds like a really cool way to get um, you know, that type A personality uh, involved with others of a same similar mindset in the cohort. Very, very cool. Please give out that uh, site one more time. Sure. Conditioningproject.com slash cohort. Conditioningproject.com slash cohort. Very cool. Uh, Missy, I'm so glad that uh, our mutual friend, Melanie Red, uh, connected us. I wish we had more time to spend, but we're not done yet. Uh, We always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you are not an athletic director, but you've certainly spent time around athletic directors at the high school and the college level and continue to do so. So we're going to take our final break. We're going to hear from athletic surveys who sponsor this segment. And when we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So let's go and take that final break. And then we're going to come back and find out what Missy Mitchell Macbeth is going to put in her new athletic director toolbox.
We want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, uh, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys will connect you with that 2%, but they're also going to connect you with the 98% that usually love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with that frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that will allow you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We have just spent about an hour. It's been a great hour with Missy Mitchell Macbeth, certified strength and conditioning specialist, longtime high school and college strength coach, now a consultant and educator. Uh, she's not an athletic director, but she certainly spent her time around high school and college ADs. Right now, I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new athletic director on their first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. So, Missy, what three items? are gonna go into your new athletic director toolbox. First item I've already touched on and that is humility. Even though you are in charge of the entire athletic department, that does not mean that you are necessarily qualified to weigh in on the entire athletic department. And there are people within your care as an AD that know much more about their individual context, about their area of expertise. So when those individuals come to you and with a need based on their niche, you need to listen to them about their problems, but also the solutions that they provide. And instead of assuming that you know how to do it better, very often the people that we supervise, I'll, I'll use the example of athletes. There were times that I'm like, do it this way in the weight room. And then I watch a kid do it another way. And I'm like, that's actually better. And we need to do it the way that Susie over there is doing it. Um, so have the humility to know that you don't know everything and seek help. There, there's not a single person that is going to lose respect for you as an athletic director because you listened to a great idea that they had. Um, have the humility to give autonomy to the people that work underneath you. And from a strength conditioning perspective, you know, that humility will lead you if you are hiring a new strength and conditioning position to say, hey, I don't know what I don't know about this. So I can seek outside help to help me make this higher, whether it's getting questions to help you vet a candidate, whether it is, you know, like I mentioned, the National High School Strength Coaches Association earlier, I'm actually on the board for that. Talking to members, to state directors, they can help point you in the right direction of good candidates. So humility is a huge one. Um, with that, I'd tie in kind of staying in your lane on some things. Um, number two is having a spine. I was always real. I was incredibly fortunate in the last six years with my athletic director at uh, Northwest ISD. We're a three high school school district that our athletic director had our back on things. Now, if you as a coach were out of line for something and a parent came in and complained, that's one thing. But if it was just a matter of we touched on playing time parent kid is disgruntled because of playing time. I saw our athletic directors over and over and over support us as coaches. And I think that that is absolutely critical because we are in an era where 
kids are just used to getting their way. Parents are used to getting their way and that's all well and good, but in a team setting, not everybody can have their way all the time. And it ultimately comes down to, I was on the phone with a coach the other day where he was like, I don't know what to do about this situation. I was like, that is your athletic director's job to support you and draw that hard line. You are not qualified to make that decision because the decision that you make will not carry any clout. So a spine would be number two. Um, and the third one is I would give my athletic director money, obviously. So money, because I'll speak on the perspective of strength coaches, provide resources for your strength coach, particularly we would, we build these great weight rooms, right? And we build these beautiful school buildings or stadiums. We would never ask a classroom teacher to go in and like use Excel to do their grade book in 2023, right? That's absurd. Why? Because there's software out there that can much better do a grade book than you can do in Excel, or we wouldn't take attendance with a Google form. But yet we go in the weight room and we expect our strength and conditioning professionals to manage 500 athletes in some cases with an Excel sheet that they made. It's absurd. So when that goes back to humility of when your strength coach comes to you and says, hey, I really need this, find the money. So I'm going to give them money so that they can in turn buy their strength coaches software platforms or some kind of, you know, technology, whether it's velocity-based training, whether it's jump mats, timing gates, those kind of things. So we can provide resources to help your people be successful. Uh, I, I love the um, uh, phrasing that you use uh, for each one of your tools. Uh, you know, I have a spine. I was going, all right, where's she going with this one? But you're absolutely right. Uh, and your comment uh, earlier, um, and again, you've been a coach, so you know, uh, hey, coach, you got a minute? Well, it's never a minute. Um, I promise it's not about playing time. It's always about playing time. You're absolutely right. Great, great tools. Um, Missy, one more time. Um, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, find out more about your programs or connect with you, um, give out the websites for both of your uh, programs there because I, I just think they're outstanding. Sure. Safe Iron, which is my consulting and coaches education platform is safeirontraining.com. And my coach's health platform is conditioningproject.com slash cohort. I, I love it. Make sure you check them out. Sounds like, not sounds like they are two great resources. Okay. Um, Missy, this has just been so cool. Thanks for sharing with our listeners and uh, all the best uh, on this uh, coming season. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on today. Uh, you were great. For our listeners, um, we do this just about every day, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Of course, we appreciate you listening. Come back next time for another great interview and more best practices on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.